If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long. And I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here, and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. Hi, friend. You're listening to the Teas Made podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm Megan Francis, a writer and a midlife mom of five living in Michigan. In this podcast, we'll talk about some of my favorite things like books, creativity, outdoor adventure, and of course, warm beverages, and I'll share practices that can help you infuse your home, work, and family life with a sense of intention, comfort, and connection. The tea's made, so settle in, get comfortable, and let's chat. When you think about movement and exercise, what goals come to mind? If you're like me, typically your goal has been to look better. Maybe drop a pant size, get more toned muscles, something like that. But lately, I've been thinking about movement pretty differently. The conversation you're about to hear with Angela Metru of Modern Mind and Body Care was recorded back in the summer and aired in the fall. And back then, I was feeling pretty good. And then in November, I had a whole series of ailments happen to me one after another that really got me thinking about movement in a whole new way. It started with my left foot and ankle swelling up and getting really painful. Somehow that seemed to migrate to my right foot. And then I was limping around so much that I threw out my back. That meant for the better part of three months, I was in pain a lot of the time and I really wasn't able to be very active. And that was such a bummer. While a chiropractor did help a lot with my back, my podiatrist wasn't able to do too much for my feet. That's because my issue appears to be related to limited mobility in my ankles. So it turns out my daily movement patterns that I don't even think about most of the time have slowly been creating an environment where I'm more prone to soreness and injury. There's no treatment or cast or boot that's going to fix this for me. It's all about the functionality of my feet and ankles, and that means I need to learn to move differently. Talk about a wake-up call. My goal for the rest of my life is to keep moving so that I can do the things I love, whether it's taking a hike in the woods or bustling around the kitchen cooking dinner, and it all starts with mobility. That's the combination of strength and flexibility and also being able to tap into our brain power to create more healthy movement patterns. So today, I'm really excited to re-air this interview with Angela Metru. Angela has a fantastic way of breaking down why mobility training is so important, whether we then want to take that training into the gym or just move our bodies more efficiently from day to day. I've actually signed up for the foot and ankle mobility program Angela mentioned in the interview, and I am blown away so far. I'm really looking forward to getting back on track with healthier feet and ankles and a new perspective about how to move through life. Okay, let's get to that interview. Hi, Angela. I am so glad to have you on the show. 
I'd love to start by having you explain how your approach to mobility training is different, maybe from like the standard workouts or group exercise classes we might be more familiar with. When I think of a standard group X class, I'm thinking of some lighter weights and some big, broad movements. And we're using our whole body and moving, and maybe we're doing some dance moves and these light weights, and it can feel intense. And it can feel like you really got a workout, and, and you, are, you are, but those can be more actually like cardio focused, and we're not really building strength or muscle. So what I do is, you know, a lot of mobility training where we're not just building muscle, but we're really strengthening the connective tissue and focusing on isolating one joint because that's what our joints are, right? They're kind of like a mobility access point. There should be a degree of movement at every single joint in the body. So what if we focus on one joint and then break it down further and focus on Okay, well, if this joint has six directions of movement, let's isolate one direction in one joint and really strengthen that direction and really strengthen the connective tissue so that when you move, when you do your strength training, when you go to those group X classes, those muscles have some really strong joints to pull on. So we're not going to get injured because those joints know how to move, really connecting the brain to that connective tissue. So that as you are working out or you're moving about your daily life, your body, your brain has full control over your mechanics. The, the joint training, the mobility training is really what's going to allow you to strength train forever. And I think a lot of times people, when we're doing these big workouts that are intense, we don't realize how technically prevent us from keeping the momentum and motivation to return to the gym. Okay, this is all fascinating, and it feels so obvious that our joints really matter, especially as we age. But I think also we often just want to jump into those really intense workouts because it seems like, I don't know, they have more of an impact. So what would you say to a listener who just doesn't see the point of investing time in these really small and precise movements? And maybe they just want to like, you know, start pumping iron. I don't want to let the mobility training fool people that it's easy, you know, next to deadlifts, they might appear on face that they, okay, how are these small movements going to be intense? Just yesterday, I was strength training somebody who, you know, we were deadlifting over a hundred pounds. And then I said, okay, now grab the three pound weight so we can do some mobility training. And he was just like, oh, and you know, <laughs> when I tell somebody to grab the three pound weights and that's when they're like, oh no, because the mobility training can be incredibly intense. The body body weight and the sending signals from your brain to these connective tissues, we are using a lot of strength within the whole body and we're ramping up high tension to really make changes in the body. And it is very targeted and very neurologically challenging. And it can be very, very intense. But the thing is, it really lays a foundation so that when you do go to the gym, even if it's sporadic, that when you squat, when you deadlift, you will be able to access so much more muscle. You'll be able to move so much better. So it feels like, well, why would I, you know, do 20 minutes of mobility training when that could be 20 minutes of heavy lifting or doing something else? Well, because you might not be getting the most out of that training. There's, there could be a lot that you're leaving on the table and you could be opening yourself up to injury. And that's the biggest thing with mobility training is it really is 
injury prevention for the long term. So if you want to be strength training as frequently or infrequently as we age, mobility <laughs> training is yeah. foundation so that you can do it forever. Yeah. And and I'm thinking of the listeners who aren't really who aren't really looking to do a lot of strength training, aren't really looking to be in the gym a lot. It sounds like these movements are also just things that like help you live, help you live better and not I'm thinking of the the jokes about like, oh, today I hurt myself, like, you know, brushing my teeth. <laughs> oh. You know, we're using those muscles thinkingly. There's no mind-body connection happening at all. Let's talk a little bit about that. For you, when you're working with a client, all they want to do is just move better through life. Exactly. And that's that's why I say this should be where it's for everybody. It should one be where everybody starts. If, if this is, if you're going to do one thing, if you really, you know, are like, I don't have it in me. I don't have, I don't want to exercise. Bare minimum is mobility training. And if you are somebody who exercises frequently, then that the mobility training is a non-negotiable because you want to be able to continue that work. So you really want to protect your body and your joints for the long term. So yeah, it's going to help that person who doesn't see the gym ever. This is going to just be a great way, you know, mm. you're picking up kids and you're, you know, getting things out of the cabinet overhead, or you got to, you know, stand on, you know, like one leg to reach something or, you know, getting in and out of a car. You don't realize how much. Looking over your shoulder is back out of the driveway. <laughs> exactly. I always yeah. use an example. You, you want to be that person driving on the highway where you have to turn your whole body to look behind you, or do you want to just, <laughs> yeah. you know, so look. there's right. yeah, so much that just for daily living, you know, you don't want to step off the curb wrong and, you know, break your, break your leg because you, you know, you didn't have the stability in through certain areas of the ankle and the hip. I think for a while when I, before I had kind of dug into what this actually is mobility, I conflated flexibility and mobility training, but it seems like it's not like they're not the same thing. So talk a little bit about the distinction between being flexible and being mobile and then how strength plays into that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we absolutely need a degree of flexibility. Flexibility is very good for our bodies and muscles, but oftentimes when flexibility increases, our strength and our stability decreases. So what we want to do is see how closely we can get our flexibility to match our our strength and that's mobility mobility is flexibility plus strength plus neurological connection so if we can get all of those things to match as closely as possible that's going to help develop really robust strong joints so i could come over to you megan and i could you know, bring your leg up to shoulder height or up to your ears and I could stretch you in that position. And the second I let go, it might thud right down to the ground, right? Mm. Well, that's, you know, that's a great display of flexibility. You know, it's passive. I can do it to you. But if I let that go and that leg doesn't move, you can use your own strength, that really strong connective tissue and the muscle that surrounds that to hold your leg in place. Who do you think, Megan A or Megan B, who's going to be more at risk for hip fracture? <laughs> you know, the one the Megan who can do it herself, right? <laughs> exactly. The one who you yeah. can hold that position. Yeah. So we want that wherever you're flexible, if you can, you know, 
bend your finger backwards even, you know, if you can hold that position, that's telling me that that joint is strong. So we want flexibility and the strength of that joint to be as closely matched as possible to prevent injury. Does that make sense? I do a lot of yoga and yeah, and I I was realizing like even didn't really matter how much yoga I did. I had really tight hip, tight hip flexors. And I remember thinking like, when is this going to start feeling better? I, you know, you get that crampy feeling kind of like right in the front. And then I did some strength training and it got better pretty fast. I was like, oh, it was weak. It wasn't just that it was not flexible enough. It was, it was tight because it was weak. Yes. And that's oftentimes when people say, oh, you know, I'm stretching this muscle because it's tight. I'm stretching this muscle because it's tight. Well, a lot, of, you know, there's so many reasons why a muscle could feel tight. And a lot of times it's because that muscle is, has elongated and weakened. So we're stretching an already lengthened muscle. We're stretching an art, a muscle that has been weakened and compromised, but it's already overstretched. So we need to strengthen it and, you know, get it to function as it should and bring it to its, the size it should be at. And then from there, that, that tightness goes away. Okay, friends, you have already heard me talk about my new Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic. I love these versatile, classic, and comfy slip-on shoes, and the Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which is what I want to tell you about today. Vionic Vitals contains some of Vionic's most versatile daily styles. So if you've been curious about Vionic but are overwhelmed by all the choices, start with the Vitals collection first. The Willow Flat was my very first Vionic style, and I have been in love with it for years. I'm also eyeballing the Chardonnay Heeled Sandal for summer date nights. Like all of Vionic's footwear, the shoes in the Vionic Vitals line are super comfortable, stable, and supportive with Vionic's exclusive Viomotion technology. Go to vionicshoes.com vitals to find the Vitals collection and use the code TEASEMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order, plus free shipping when you log into your account. That code is good for a one-time use only, so be sure to make the most of it. That's TEASEMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com. What are the things women clients that are in their 40s and 50s coming to you most and saying, do they even know what they need? <laughs> where are they starting? And then where do you start with them? Yeah. So, you know, in effect, it kind of is all, all over the board, but it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of hips and, and, you know, kind of shoulders, neck area tends to be, you know, I've got a lot of pain in through the shoulders. I've got a lot of pain in through my hips and low back. And a couple places that I always start with people are indeed the hips. They really are the found, you know, foundation to the body. How well can the hips move? And another one that I don't think people realize how hugely impactful it is to our bodies are our feet. And I do a lot of ankle, toe, foot mobility because your feet pick up so much information from the ground. So I always tell people, your feet are springs that listen to the ground. We have over 7,000 nerve endings in our feet. It's sending information to our brains. Our brains then send information to our hips. Okay, we need to move the hips this way because this is what the foot is telling me about the ground underneath us. So when we, a lot of women 
who are in their 50s were working at a time when it was heels every day to work. And you'd you know, maybe even walk to work or do a lot of walking. You're jamming your toes into these high heels, you know, and then after that, it was the area, well, we're going to wear these tennis shoes and they're super cushiony tennis shoes. Well, that's not telling your brain what's really happening beneath your feet. We can't really get good signaling into the body with these really cushiony tennis shoes. And then we're wearing, you know, then we even have flats that are pinching the toes and how your feet move then really start to affect how your hips move. So I like to look at the hips. I like to look at the feet and then also the rib cage. So when people have a lot of those issues at the shoulders, a lot of times the, the rib cage is just positioned incorrectly. It can be in an elevated position. You get poor breathing mechanics. So I work on people. Okay, let's learn how to breathe properly. Let's reset the rib cage. Now the shoulder blades aren't stuck because that rib cage isn't stuck anymore. So when... When you're working with a client remotely, let's say like you're doing an online training, how does that work with the kind of work that you're doing? Yeah, especially with the mobility training, that that works very well because it is a lot of, okay, we're going to hold this position. Now we're just going to, you know, let's get your arm in this kind of 90 degree position. Now I'm going to have you generate some tension in this direction and then generate tension in this direction. And we're kind of going back and forth and trying to get them to feel very specific muscles in very specific directions. So we'll spend usually about half the time doing a lot of mobility training, sending, you know, some good signaling from brain to tissue. And then, you know, I like to reinforce it with some bigger movements. So a lot of people that I work with will have some equipment at home, whether they have a home gym or you know, some weights and or kettlebells or bands, and then we reinforce it with some bigger movements, you know, your standard squats, squats and lunges to really help the brain understand, okay, so now we really opened up that joint capsule, we really have made more space in the joint. Now let's use it. We always want to be teaching the brain, no, we use this now. You know, I use the example, it's not that you know, you're 74 and everything's working fine. And then on your 75th birthday, you suddenly can't raise your arm overhead. You, that was a long time. You probably weren't raising your arm overhead, you know, maybe starting when you were 65. And that's why it's not happening when you're 75. So we want to always continually remind the body, this is usable space. This is a thing we do. This is a way that I move so that, you know, the brain keeps sending, you know, tissue signaling to those tissues and building those tissues to say, oh yes, we need this. You know, don't, don't shut that part of the shoulder down. It is crazy how mindlessly or subconsciously, I guess, unconsciously we start compensating and things like getting up off the floor, getting up off of a sofa. So after I have to tell you that that reel of yours was like really changed some stuff for me because I started thinking like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not, when I get up out of a chair, I'm not going to use my hands. And I, I've noticed now that I can get up with my feet flat on the ground easily and stand up. Now that, I don't think I realized how slowly I like just kind of stopped doing that and then how hard and impossible it felt when I tried to again. But just some focused effort on it. And yeah, like that brain connection made a huge difference. Right, ex- exactly, exactly. And the, again, the brain always wants to take the path of least resistance, right? And that's, we want our, our brains and bodies are trying to conserve energy. And 
if we, you know, are doing things to make it work harder, you, you know, if, if, well, we're not paying attention, it can get away. If our bodies can get away with doing as little work as possible. Oh, it will. We're, it's <laughs> always, we're always trying to find shortcuts and it doesn't want to, it's like, you know, you know, like we might need this energy later. So let's make it easy on ourselves now. So it's, as you said, just right. awareness and, you know, taking a couple seconds to know we're going to do, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to use my hands to get up. I'm going to, you know, use my single leg strength to stand up. And over time, then it becomes, you don't even have to think about it. That's just how your body moves. That's what I like to point out about injury as well. When you have a pain point in your body, you might not realize it. We, you know, just as you don't realize you might push off your legs when you stand up, but when you have an injury, your body starts moving in ways to bypass that pain or it starts, the mechanics start moving differently. So if you constantly have this nagging hip pain, you might not realize, well, the right hip's always in pain. And so now you're putting a lot of pressure on the left leg. So now we're getting a strength in, or bigger strength imbalance. And now maybe that, you know, that right ankle is weaker and we're now we're moving differently. And maybe we're getting some rotation now happening. So you might not realize it, but when you start moving differently, now you're setting yourself up for even further injury down the road has not been moving the way it should because your body's trying to bypass the pain. So that's why, again, like just, you know, going through the joints and, and making sure that each joint is functioning, functioning optimally is so important. Just a daily check-in with your joints to know, okay, everything's feeling, feeling good. Okay, friends, I got my pair of Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic, and I just had to tell you about them. They're cute and classic and really lightweight, and they do actually pack flat. I am definitely going to be taking these on all my spring travels, and I can see myself wearing them with everything from jeans and trousers to dresses and maybe a little later on shorts. I got them in camel leather, but they come in 12 different colors. The Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which features some of their most versatile daily styles. And of course, you know you can count on your Vionics to be super comfortable, stable, and supportive. Use code TEASEMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That code's good for a one-time use only at vionicshoes.com, and again, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. I'll also have a link to that offer on my shop page, and you can find that in the show notes. Again, the code is TEASEMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, at vionicshoes.com. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. What are some other movement patterns you see starting to happen? Maybe, you know, maybe when we're carrying kids around, maybe not till a little bit later when we start having those twinges and things like that that can get progressively worse as we get older? Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of, you know, can be that kind of the slumped forward, you know, the, for, the rounded shoulders. And this is, you know, a big, you know, desk work is, I can't, I can't stress it enough. It's so hard on our bodies. We think we're just sitting there. Our body is adaptively strengthening into these positions. So we're reaching forward. I work with a lot of people. A lot of people come to me with pain down the, you know, the, the right arm, the right-handed, and I'm getting this right shoulder pain. And it's that what they call mouse shoulder, trackpad shoulder, because they're doing a lot of work on a computer, pulling that shoulder out of pocket. We're getting, you know, these rounded forward shoulders and, you know, that kind of, kind of 
hump back on the top, you know, that, that rounded upper back. And, you know, you see a lot, you know, a lot of people, you know, walking around here, downtown Chicago, and they're, you know, walking quickly and they're kind of slumped forward as opposed to walking toes because that body's been adapting to that desk work for so long. And, you know, the more forward your head is, that's becomes more and more pressure on your neck and shoulders. So that that's probably the biggest one that I see. And then maybe even, you know, the pelvis getting kind of tucked under or tipped forward too much from sitting that, you know, we get that anterior pelvic tilt, that forward tipping of the, of the pelvis from the sitting. Some people, you know, tuck under. So those would be the other ones to look out for that can cause a lot of issues down the road. Sitting in a chair, kind of no matter how, whether we tuck under or, or extend, you know, whether we're tucking or tilting, isn't really a natural position for humans to be in. I don't think we think about that very much. We weren't, you know, there were no chairs when, <laughs> when humans became humans. Exactly, exactly. Not for, not for the amount of time we are doing it right. for, you know, sit, sitting, you know, is, could be fine, but not for working eight hours and then you come home and then you sit and have dinner and then we sit and watch TV or sit and play on, on our phones. And then we're going to drive here. And we are just, you know, if you, if we were to do a log of how many hours we are in a seated position, I think it would really be eye popping to a lot of people, how long we're holding a singular position and one that's not very good for us. Well, you already gave the advice to look at your gym or, you know, talk to someone like you who does online mobility training, just come, someone who's like really focusing in that. Besides that, is there anything you would recommend that women in their 40s, 50s and beyond start thinking about or doing every day that could maybe start helping their bodies move better and more freely? You know, I am a, a big fan of, so outside of mobility work, that I think is, you know, foundational and number one and most important. Um, I would really focus on not on strength training, but single leg strength training, single, single sided strength training, making sure that you can shift, you know, in and out of one leg, you can balance on one leg and that you can do some movements where 75% of your body weight is using one leg. So I'm talking like, lunges and step ups and a staggered stance deadlift and moving laterally you know doing you know some lateral walks doing a lateral lunge making sure that you are moving left and right you know we think we are walking we are we're walking forward but we have to remember that you know the hip it's it's a ball and socket joint it moves all around and as you're walking right. it's rotating internally it's you know we are getting so many other patterns of movement in that hip joint that we're only moving forward if we're only walking or if we're only doing patterns where we're moving forward and back then we're creating an imbalance in through the sides of the hips and in various angles of the hips so you want to make sure that that hip has strength in through all sides so focus on you know you could do one thing I would say, you know, I would prefer people do a lot of women, especially to do the single leg training over a lot of, it is a little bit more time consuming, but it might be better because it's going to provide you an idea of, you know what, that left leg is a lot weaker that you can't, you can't tell that when you're squatting, you can't tell that when you're walking, you can't tell it when you're right. 
but you can tell when you've got 75% of your weight on that leg or you're trying to move laterally. So focusing on that, making sure that we have an equal, you know, two equal pillars of strength, you know, beneath us, I think is really, really critical. Mm -hmm. Listening to this interview with Angela Metro again really got me thinking differently about mobility and what I'm trying to accomplish with my exercise and movement as I get older. I wanted to remind you that Angela is offering a foot and ankle mobility program on her website right now, which I signed up for, and I am so impressed by the depth of information. She really walks you through what's happening with your body's mechanics so you can understand how injuries happen, and she also teaches you how to create better mobility so they don't happen. After everything I've been through after the past few months with my feet and ankles, I am so glad to have this resource. So if you've been struggling with any foot or ankle issues or just want to create healthier movement patterns overall, I highly recommend this class and I will link it up in the show notes. You can also head to modernmindandbodycare.com and click join here to find it. I also wanted to let everyone know that the next episode of The Tease Made will feature Sarah Powers, my co-host at The Mom Hour, and I talking about our favorite cozy and creative spaces in our homes. So definitely tune in for that next week. That's all for this episode of The Tease Made. You can find links to the products and other things we talked about today in the show notes for this episode. You can find that by scrolling down below the episode in your podcast app, or you can go to theteasemade.com and find all the episodes, plus resources, links to my favorite teas and books and other products, and so much more. I share new episodes every Thursday, so please follow or subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And while you're in your podcast app, I would love if you'd leave a rating or review. It really helps me out so much. Okay, friends, that's all for now. I will talk to you again very soon. If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long. And I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.